welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Buddy C, welcome to the Tao of Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today, we have Marla and Amy and Matt and Dennis and Craig. Good to have everyone. The Joy of Fishes is today's story. Do I need to put this in the chat for anyone? Everyone good? Okay. I'm curious to see what we get out of this. The Joy of Fishes. Chong Tzu and Hui Tzu were crossing Hao River by the dam. Chong said, see how free the fishes leap and dart? That is their happiness. Hui replied, since you are not a fish, how do you know what makes fishes happy? Chong said, since you are not, I, how can you possibly know that I do not know what makes fishes happy? Hui argued, if I, not being you, cannot know what you know, it follows that you, not being a fish, cannot know what they know. Mm-hmm. Chong said, wait a minute. Let us get back to the original question. What you asked me was, how do you know what makes fishes happy? From the terms of your question, you evidently know I know what makes fishes happy. I know the joy of fishes in the river through my own joy as I go walking along the same river. Okay. As Marla would say, Any comments? Well, this one I kind of understood. <laughs> Partly. <laughs> Explain so, some to of us. it. Tell us, Marla, what does it mean? <laughs> some of it, like uh, not to make assumptions about h- how somebody else thinks, uh, what somebody else thinks um, or feels or says, or that's part of it. How can you possibly know that I do not know what makes fishes happy? Anyone else? Well, I, uh, I was thinking that interconnectedness that we all have in, in, in the end, the last paragraph, right? I know the joy of fishes in the river through my own joy as I go walking along the same river. So that means I can feel my own joy when I walk here and I can look down at the fishes and then I can feel their joy. So so I just saw that interconnectedness. I mean, the, the argument was very funny that how can you possibly know what a fish thinks since you're not a fish? That makes sense in, in the material world, doesn't it? <laughs> if, let's, yeah, you brought something real interesting, Dennis. Uh, if you go back to the first phrase, we have Chansa and... Waisu, Waitsa, it's W-H-A-Y, Way is how you pronounce that according to YouTube. The prime minister who was going to kill Chauncey, now they're, looks like he's a consultant to the, uh, to the prime minister now. They're walking along the river. And in the second uh, stanza, second phrase, Chauncey said, see how free the fishes leap and dart. 
he, he was observing them. So I see that at first is that he's observing. He's not controlling. He's just observing what's going on. He's looking at the fish, right? Mm-hmm. And in the third one, Way says, since you're not a fish, how do you know what makes fishes happy? He attacks Chonsa. Because Chonsa said that's their happiness. How is he to know? Mm-hmm. How is Chong Su to know it's their ha- a fish's happiness? Mm-hmm. Which is what he's being challenged on. Yeah, but this is the thing. Way starts out attacking. And you got to, and I was thinking about why would he attack? Uh, Chonsa about this. And then it says Wei argued after that. Like he couldn't accept that Chonsa would know anything about, you know, and then he attacked again uh, where he said, if I not being you cannot know what you know, how it follows with you not being a fish cannot know what they know. You know, he's, he's arguing with Chonsa. And then if we get down to, and Chauncey says, wait a minute, you already think I know because you asked, you asked me. So it's like, I think it goes back to this way being full of fear and, uh, and just not, you know, not being confident, not being, he can't accept that Chauncey would know something that he doesn't know. Mm. Especially since he thinks he's after his job. Right. Goes back to the fear. We already know ways full of fear. So it reminded me of how when I'm full of fear and I come at a situation, I always interpret it the wrong way. I always look for someone to attack. I always look for a way to disagree with what I was thinking with that. And I picked up, I think I picked up what you were talking about, Dennis, in that last stanza where it says, I know the joy of fishes in the river through my own joy as I go walking along the same river. Um, That's awareness. Chauncey was aware. He wasn't full of fear looking for a way to disagree like uh, Way was. Chauncey and the fish are in the same river. Way might be with them, but he's not with them. You you got that from it? Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chauncey's in the same river, even though Way and Chauncey are walking side by side. They're really not side. You know, uh, Chauncey's experiencing the oneness with the fish. Way is not. Can it also be because Chauncey, he's just being? Yes. He's just being like the fish is just being fish and the chunks are just being a human. Where why he uh why I can't say his name, uh he wants to accomplish something. Right? That's and therefore the argument he wants to understand also instead of just being. He want he's seeking understanding. So uh, that that's, that's what I saw out of it. Hmm. Don't you think he's seeking understanding in that where he says, how can you, do you think it's just merely an attack and nothing, not that he's trying to, to understand it? Maybe not. I think because Wei does not understand it. He doesn't see how Thompson can understand it. Ah, that makes sense. 
where he's full of fear and he can't see it. So if he can't see it, it's that egotistical thing that fear does. If I can't see it, then they can't either. Why, why am I not able to see that? Why, why, who is he to think he knows? If I may just, sure. when I first read this, my first thought was the fourth, fifth and sixth paragraph have to have some bearing because I could not see at first why it didn't just go straight to paragraph seven because how did, when Hugh said, since you're not a fish, how do you know what makes fishes happy? To me, that wasn't anything more than a question, how do you know? The answer would have been an overjoy of fishes. So I thought, well, there must be something in those paragraphs that I need to read and look at again. I think the fish are being fish. And they aren't caught in a net. They aren't on the end of a line. They aren't in a bigger fish's mouth. So they're free, just being fish. And Chang Zhao is just also just being... Huey, whatever he's pronounced, Huzu, he's questioning happiness. He may be yet to find out what happiness really is. So how can the fish be happy? He, perhaps he does not know what happiness is. That's, that's what I got from that. That's good. Oh, okay. That's really good, Matt. Wow. No. So, so you're saying that Wei may not know what happiness is. He needed to ask why the fish were happy. Yeah. He wasn't there, was he? Okay. <laughs> In my opinion. Okay. Yeah, sure. I can see that in early recovery right there, how you come in and you're angry at everybody in the room. They're sitting there telling the same damn story all over and they're smiling and laughing. And here I am bitching and moaning about my wife and everything else in the beginning right there. It's their fault. And, and I'm seeking that happiness, but don't know how to get it. That's interesting. <laughs> That's good. It's in here. Yeah. How is it? I I think that um, I think he just likes to stir up shit. I <laughs> carry around an imagine, and all of my sponsees know this. My sponsor knows this. I carry around an imaginary shit stirring spoon, still. And if things are too calm, because my disease thrives on chaos and drama, still deep down, it still loves that. Every now and then. I will just need to start some shit and I will need to cause an argument with someone. I'll need to pick a, pick a fight, you know, um, because my disease can't handle calm, you know, um, it doesn't happen as frequently as it did in early recovery. Right. But, but I like the thought of him not understanding or being able to comprehend happiness because he hasn't found it within himself because absolutely in early recovery, I thought everybody was liars. There was no way that they were that happy and not on something because that was the only way that I knew, you know, perceived, right? Happiness. That was funny. It took me a while before I said, well, wait a minute. They can't all be lying, can they? <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, Matt, and then I had gone through 
the Tao Te Ching and picked out a few verses about fulfillment and happiness and those things was what I picked out to if we got to 15 after like we are and we had it figured out, you know, maybe, you know, if the conversation was stopping, you know, some things that we could add. I found a doubt. Uh, I found a quote. Happiness. Uh, this is a Chauncey quote, but uh, it's not a Tao Te Ching. Happiness is the absence of the striving for happiness. Just being. Just being. Yes. Would you say happiness is what? The absence of striving for happiness. I'm so down with that. <laughs> I'm just finding when I let things be rather than trying to find the answer it happens what i need happens and it's oh it's amazing how that worked i was listening to the Tao of christ was it the Tao of christ sometimes he gets a little out there for me but he was talking about evil not being the opposite of good but evil being a bending of the good where it's not like two opposing forces, good and evil, that it's all good. And the evil is taking the good and bending it some. So it's not as if, and I was thinking about this and I remember some Joko Beck, a Joko Beck quote that when we sit and we get rid of our fear, there's nothing left but compassion. Yeah. You know, that kind of thinking, you know, I'm like, you know, that makes sense when I think about it from other things that, you know, that there's not an equal, you know, I know we think yin and yang and all of that, but that there's, that there's an equal part of good and equal part of bad. And I've never really bought into that. I I don't understand it, but I haven't bought into that as being the, the answer, you know, to, to the yin and yang kind of thing, but maybe it's, when we get rid of the blocks to happiness and quit looking for it, that's, that's the the only thing left to be like the bendings over. Oh, you don't have to bend anymore. Right. You know, when we get rid of the fear, what's left to be there, but love, right? Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I I think though, for me, unless I had known, experience the fear and the bend i don't know that i would have appreciated or even been able to understand or even be willing to be open enough to the love you wouldn't have stopped bending amy oh yeah yeah Yeah. you were bending the whole time yeah you let go of you surrendered so when you stop fighting it was able to, to come out of that because you were pushing the whole time in the, into the bend, right? Yeah. And then when you stop pushing, it straightened up. If you thought about it, if you thought about it that way, that's what I was thinking. Well, I just, I just thought about this actually when you, when you commented, Marla, uh, we were talking about the happiness, and that maybe that's it's it, happiness is just the absence of push. We stop the fight. We have ceased fighting anyone or anything, even alcohol. Greg said something that was really good the other day when we were talking. What we resist persists. 
Here he goes. He's got a mint. He's got a comment. Go ahead, Greg. I heard that from somebody else. <laughs> that was. You didn't make it up. I love that humbleness. I heard that. That's good, Greg. I'm proud of you. You get a few recovery points today for that one. But no one's keeping score. No, I'm not keeping score, but hold on. Let me put it on my board over here that I've got. <laughs> you get a gold star today, Craig. Way to go. It, it also okay. says, as we trudge the road of happy destiny, right? Great events will pass for us as we trudge the road of happy destiny, not to a happy destiny. So it's right here already. And that's that's the that's the true happiness or the joy of happiness, where there's those fleeting moments of happiness we get through materialistic things, right? Yeah, exactly. That's good. How about this one? The master doesn't seek fulfillment. For only those who are not full are able to be used, which brings the feeling of completeness. That's from the 15th. So the master's not seeking to be fulfilled because if he's fulfilled, then he's not able to be used. And it's the the trudging that brings the completeness. Hmm. So does the master still trudge? Yeah, here here's a here's another description of the trudge. If we want to describe the trudge, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to be giving everything, if you want to be given everything, give everything up. They weren't, uh, the ancient masters said, if you want to be given everything, give everything up. They weren't using empty phrases. Only in being lived by the Tao can you be truly yourself. That's from the 22nd. Be lived by the Tao, not in the Tao or use the Tao. You're lived by the Tao. The Tao uses you instead of you using the Tao. That's what we're talking about. You know, when we stop fighting observing like the first of this uh story chauncey just observed with no judgment he just observed the master is willing to help everyone and doesn't know the meaning of rejection she is there to help all of creation and doesn't abandon even the smallest creature this is called embracing the light that's from 27 See, Dennis, that's the trudges that you're willing to help everyone. Ah. See, you don't know rejection because you don't reject anyone else. You're not looking to be accepted. You're just there to help. There's nothing to reject because you don't, you're not looking to be accepted. Mm. See, the rejection's how you react, not what other people react to you. Yes. That's actually, that's pretty good. That's really good. It is really, really good. Because if I feel rejected, that's my feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? If you, I feel like it's the same. If you stop caring about what other people think about you, maybe we stop judging the other people because I don't care anymore what people think of me. Right. Therefore, I don't really care what you do either. I'm getting to that point. Mm. Yeah. That's where the freedom is, isn't it, Mar? Oh, my goodness, is there freedom. It took me a little while to accept what other people think of me isn't my business. But I absolutely do accept that with the caveat that my side of the road's clean. 
if somebody thinks something bad of me because I've done something bad, then that's my 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 step ten work to go and create, uh, go and correct. But putting that aside, not my business what what people think of me. And so many things bring me back to page four twenty of a fourth edition of a big book, Doctor Paul. The most important thing for me to remember is my serenity is inversely related to my expectations or something along those lines. And I try and expect as low as possible. Of course I expect things. I'm human. I expect clients to pay. You know, I, I, I expect things. But I do as much as possible. Try not to expect. Because then I'm never disappointed. Yeah. Good, good words to live by. Mm. No expectations. I was going to put in the chat this, uh, what I've been, let's see, here's the next one. I'll put it in one at a time as this is the next one I was thinking of here. The master allows things to happen. She shapes events as they come. She steps out of the way and lets the Tao speak for itself. That's from 45. Dao Ching, verse 45. Allows it to happen, shapes the event as it comes. You know, you know I was all, always told to pray for God to open the door. You know, that old, that old God, door opening thing. Think about this. When do you open a door? You open when it you need to go through it. <laughs> You don't open it a day. I don't go open the door right now when I'm going to leave in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's where I go. Okay. No, I open it the moment I'm walking through it and I close it behind me. That's a very good metaphor. I want to see five doors ahead or 10. I don't see every door I'm going to walk through for the rest of my life. And I want to see it right now. I want them all open. That's the anxiety part, yes. Yeah, that brings anxiety if you want to look too far down the street. That's so good. But you know that you don't open a door until it's time to go through it. Ah. <laughs> so she shapes events as they come. When the event comes, then she, okay, she's in the moment with the event. Something to do, okay, she does it. She steps out of the way. And lets the Tao speak for itself. She stands on what's moving, right? She observes. Then as she observes, like we're talking about in the story. Mm. My comment was she shapes things when the door opens, you know. She loves herself, but also others. I like that she mentioned herself first. Yeah. Uh, I've got two more. That's all I have. This is from the 72nd verse. The master knows herself, but is not arrogant. She loves herself, but also loves others. Like you said, Nancy, mm. this is how she is able to make appropriate choices. That means the choices are made out of love. Yeah. yeah. Mm. She's quit bending, right? Mm. Yeah. And then there was one more. I don't think it put this one completely in the chat. The master can keep giving because there is no end to her wealth. She acts without expectation, succeeds without taking credit, and doesn't think that she is better than anyone else. 
what I was really looking for was oneness in the uh, Tao Te Ching, you know, something saying that, you know, about with the fish, that's what I was looking for. And I, I could, this is the closest I came. Yeah, I, I don't get that oneness with us. I don't need, yeah, I, I didn't see that in the Tao Te Ching. Maybe it's there. I haven't, you know, I was looking for that. I see compassion, but I don't see. Uh, the oneness is with Chonksa and the fish. Yes. But it's not the main theme of the verse, right. I guess. To me, like the last, the last paragraph is, I was trying to de- determine what does it really mean, and the way I look at it is, this is Chang Su um, gets joy in others' joy. Yes, which is something lacking in humanity. It's we not all about Chang right? Right. He takes. He can see joy in, in others and take joy in that. And Wei could not see that because it wasn't all about Wei. Wei, Wei, it was not all about him, so he couldn't see it. I bet if Chongsa had said those those fish are scared, look at them leaping and darting around, Wei probably would have said, yes, they are very afraid. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. That's good, Amy. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that is really good. He, He can't see happiness anyways. He can't see joy. Because he's full of fear. Because he's full of fear, right? Because I was always looking for somebody to co-sign my bullshit. Yeah. And Chonks does not co-sign his bullshit. Mm-mm. Nope. Wow. That's I good. never heard that one either. Co-signing my bullshit. You haven't heard that one? No, that's a classic here, Marlo. That get, that's in all the meetings. You hear that all. Co-signing. It's not mine, Marla. Do not give me credit for that. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Okay. You can give Craig the credit. Yeah. Okay. Co-sign my not to co- he wouldn't co-sign my bullshit. <laughs> I hear, hear that all the time. It's a classic. So synchronicity right here. It just happened with, with what we're talking about and what you're posting. We read um, part of the Keys of the Kingdom last night at um, the meeting. And um, this was not part of what was read, but me being the really good, you know, I had to go ahead you know, before what we read, <laughs> see what that said. And it does say on page 275, a complete change takes place in our approach to life where we used to run from responsibility. We find ourselves accepting it with gratitude that we can successfully shoulder it. Instead of wanting to escape some perplexing problem, we experience the thrill of challenge in the opportunity it affords for another application of AA techniques, and we find ourselves tackling it with surprising vigor. What are my teachable moments? What can I learn from this? Bend. We learn to bend, don't we? we well, we learn to, to, to give up the bending, you know, learn to, to stop the resistance, stop the fight. Hmm. That's good. Anything else, guys? We have time. Craig, you've been quiet today. You must be busy doing something else. I'm just practicing my humbleness. Oh, uh, you just stop. So, God, I need to start again. <laughs> Back to the beginning. Okay. I just love the look at Amy's face when you said stop the resistance. Yeah. You knew she just went straight to Star Wars. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm watching Star Wars again from the beginning. I'm I'm just to the first of the uh, the one that was first in doing in the Star Wars four. I'm to four now. Yeah, four, five, and six were the first ones. Yes. I'm to number four now. I'm watching it right now. <sighs> oh, we just lo- we just lost Marla. <laughs> I get something new every time I watch it. I put something together I didn't put together before. Every time. I've watched them a hundred times, probably. I've only ever seen one Star Wars film, so I wonder whether I'm a real man. Just the first one when it came out of the cinema. Oh, eons ago, yeah. I was a teenager. Not a teenager. Yeah, about 1977. I've got a sponsor that's never seen any of the Star Wars film or any of the Marvel films. So, do, so really the question is, do I keep them? Nah. No, no. There's any hope from us. Uh. Mm. <laughs> I'm thinking a little bit back to the bending. I don't remember if it's something we read or if it's something from Cheech Not Han, where he talks about if you bend like the, um, if, if you're being like the palm tree, that means when the storm is there, that you're just following the storm and you don't snap over in half. There's no resistance in there. So you just allow things to happen and the storm to blow through, you're going to be fine. Where if, if, if you are as a regular tree where, where you're more stiff and you're fighting it, then you're snapping over. That was just out of the whole bending story. I think that was from Wayne Dyer. Was it from Wayne Dyer? Yes. About the palm tree? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Wayne Dyer lived in Hawaii, so naturally he would talk about palm trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about the palm tree bending, and that if you couldn't bend, you'd break. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was that. So it's yeah, following nature. Guys, anything else, or are we going to call it there? We've got a short one today, which is fine with me, but I just want to make sure we don't leave anything on the table. I find it great to see all of the different translations of the Tao teaching, because I'm just going through those ones you've posted there in my copy that I've got here and I can see that in here but the words are different and I always find it, it, it it's good I personally like to read different ones it's fascinating you need different translations yeah what book are you reading is that the Jonathan Starbuck no this one's Stephen Aldis and oh yeah it's Stephen it's Stanley Lombardo there's hundreds I imagine there's hundreds of translations yeah, I've got a few. Yeah, there's that's, what uh, like the, that's what I like about the Jonathan Star one. It's it's actually got the it's got the literal translations of the words as well, so you can make up your own as you're going along. I was thinking just today, how hard would it be to learn to read Chinese? <laughs> I, I imagine very hard. <laughs> well, it's like Matt, the Jonathan Star. The one that's uh, his translation and commentary, make sure you get the one that's and commentary, commentary is 348 pages, but it's got a section where it takes the Chinese and then takes every word and right. breaks down to all the different things the word can mean. And so you could make your own translation. And that's Stephen Starr, did you say? Jonathan Starr. Jonathan Starr. Is translation and commentary. Don't get just translation. Make sure right. it's got commentary and it's 348 pages, I think. It's uh make sure it's this one, not the one Craig bought the first time. Sorry, Craig. Uh 349. 
Craig bought it, and he says, mine doesn't have that in it. And he got just the uh, translation. Mine's was five pages long. Five? <laughs> you got the cheap version. Come on, admit it. You want to save a few bucks. <laughs> it's looking for the easier, softer way. I thought I could find a softer, easier way. Yeah. I've actually done that twice. I've, I've, done, I've done that twice. It's the second time I've done it. The first time was when I joined the SRC Mastermind Group, and everybody was talking about this book called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And I thought, oh, that sounds really good, but I didn't want to ask what it was. I didn't, want to sound, I didn't want to sound stupid and ask what it was. So I went and bought this book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. I brought the first one that came up. And it was like £20, and I was like, how much? These guys must look. It was a completely different book to the Wayne Dyer one. It was this, it was this business book. It was how to change your thoughts in business and how to, how to excel in your sales team. And I was like, Make sense. Does it make any sense at all? Hopefully, hopefully it was useful for you in some way. Um, no. oh. Guys, that's good. So what's our takeaways today? Uh, stop the fight. Stop the resistance. It actually reminds me of another Wayne Dyer book I just started called There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that story. Well, alcohol used to be our solution to every problem. That now, was it. Now what's our solution? It's uh, surrender, right? Stopping the fight. Yeah. Giving it up. For meditation is like taking a wild horse and training it. It's similar to training the mind. And then once you train it, your life with a horse is not over. It's just begun. So it's not about... At the, by the end of your life, having your, you know, your mind where you can meditate, it's about getting that done. Then the rest of your life, you enjoy the trained mind. Just like you enjoy a trained horse. You know, mm. you know when a horse's life is over and you had a horse for years, you don't say, oh, I really enjoyed training that horse. You don't stop. It's not the training that you talk about. It's all the things that happen after the training. Mm. Right. That's, That's so true. I think that's an incredible analogy for meditation. All the benefits. The horse is of very little use until it's trained. You can go all kinds of ways with that. And our minds are of very little use until they're trained, as we know. Yes, exactly, Marla. Exactly. <laughs> well, I was just, yes, to the meditation part, I was just thinking, so what you're saying is the meditation is just a tool to get you in that close uh, close inner connection with that God that's within all of us, right? It's just a tool to get you there. Could it be a tool similar to the actions of love being a tool? Yeah, it can. But I mean, you feel the love when you're, when you're meditating too, right? So I don't yeah. think, I don't think anything substitutes the, the tool of meditation to get you where you, where you need to be. It's kind of the door that leads mm -hmm. to it, right? For me, mm -hmm. I don't think I, I don't know of another way that I can get there without meditation. Med meditation just infiltrates everything more than just sitting on the cushion, so to speak. Oh. You do have to work at it. It's meditation is a practice. It's and it's a muscle, you know, that needs to be worked at. It's um any synchronicity moments this week that anyone have that they want to share. I want to start sharing a couple if we have something that happens during the week that we can say this was beyond my control. One of those things we allow to happen that just happens 
for us or around us that, you know, not something we honor God. Yes. Yes, it is. You, anyone have anything? Nothing interesting. I have two. I have one. And I try to make these quick. But, you know, sometimes with these, you got to kind of set them up a little bit. So I have one where uh, I was writing a book. I finished it last fall. I did not know what else to do after I wrote it. I'd never published, never done any of that. So I didn't know what to do. Had no idea. So I was just open in meditation. I said, you know, I'm just open to what the next step is. I'm going to practice the Tao on this. So I'm just open. Well, we have this nightly 9 p.m. meeting. We've been posting as an event in like 15 or 20 different Facebook groups, like all over the place. When we first started, that's how most people found it. Well, I had a sponsee that was supposed to be doing that. And he dropped the ball and let it expire. Just didn't didn't do it. Okay. So instead of fussing at him about it, I said, okay, I said, I'll just do it. No biggie. So I just went and did it myself, not out of anger, but just said, I'll just take care of it. And I just went and did it. The next day, a lady messaged me about the meeting that she couldn't make it something. And we got to talking and she is a recovery author. And I asked her, I said, oh, I said, she just published a book. I said, did you use a coach? How did you learn the process? She said, oh, I've got a great coach. She put me in touch with her. I've been in touch for the last few months. I hired her this week. She is perfect for what I need. And I found her by me posting these things in Facebook that had nothing to do with my book whatsoever. Hmm. So the two were not connected, but yet they were, you know. Ah, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then, and she's exactly what I need. She's doing the cover for me. She's got the next step. She knows everything I need to know. I mean, I could not have picked a better person. It doesn't appear to help me with this. So did it kind of happen because you let go of that idea where you're struggling to find somebody to help you get this published and get it out there? You let that go or? I, th- I don't know. Do you I- think that's why, like, like we, was it let, let go of, um, what is it called, that book about letting go? It's called Letting Go. Yeah, Letting Let Go. Pathway to Surrender. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's it. So do you think it's like that, what he's describing there, that something you want so innerly when you let go of it, then it could just comes out by itself? Maybe. That's that's what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I just said, I don't know the next, but I'm open. And then I just did the next thing in front of me to do, which had nothing to do with, mm-hmm. with that. So it's just how it worked. Um. Then the next thing I had was we had a group conscience this week of the meeting, and I was a little anxious about it because there were some big decisions to make. So I took a nap that afternoon, and uh, my son was supposed to message me, and I was supposed to come over and see the grandchild, and he called me at the last minute, and I had just enough time to drive an hour, see the grandkid for 30, 45 minutes, and drive back in time for the meeting. Okay, I was down to that kind of time. I just woke up. I was ill. You know how sometimes you're ill when you just wake up. Y'all are not like that. I am. I get ill sometimes. So, but I got ready and I rushed out the door and I was still half asleep, you know, and got in the car driving down the road. And I got one of those cars with those program keys and I was playing with one the other day. But for whatever reason, this time when I got in the car, 
it would not allow me to turn the volume up above a particular bit. I couldn't listen to nothing. I couldn't do it. And all this is happening, you know, and I'm getting ill and I'm starting to cuss at the car, you know, all that stuff. right? <laughs> and I'm, I can't pull over and try to fi- fix it because I don't have enough time to visit the grandchild. If I stop, you know, all those things. And I said, wait a minute. I won't listen. I will instead meditate all the way over the hour and all the way back. And I will pray for all the people I'm going to be in this meeting with instead. (laughs) So I tried to fix it and I I pulled over for like five minutes and tried. And I said, I got to get back on the road because every minute I'm sitting here, I'm going on. So I did that instead. And come to find out, I needed the other key I'd left at home because that was the program key. So I couldn't have fixed it no matter how long I would have played with it. Right. So I couldn't. So I just did that. And all the way over, I prayed and I uh, meditated while I drove. And of course, with my eyes open and I prayed for the people in the meeting and all of those things and did the same on the way back. And when I got back, just in time for the meeting to start, it all worked out. I did not. You know, nobody had to call me down. I didn't lose my temper, you know, any of that. Like I was afraid I was going to do, right? Amy's laughing because she was there. I actually messaged Amy and said, let me know if my voice starts going up. Exactly. That's why I'm laughing, y'all, because he even called himself before there was anything to call him. (laughs) I said, Amy, tell me, please, if I start losing it, because I don't know it until after I've lost it, right? My voice is going, I said, oh, shit, I've lost it, you know? I'm getting angry just thinking about it. I would have went absolutely batshit crazy. I would have crashed the car into a wall. I would have, I would have set fire to it. I just, no. And come to find out, Craig, no matter how hard I would have tried until I had the other key that was still at home, I could not have fixed it because it's a, a locking thing. Like you give it to a kid, program it, give it to the kid, and then the kid can't do except what they can with that key. So somehow I've made myself a child key, and who knows how I did it. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's for the best <laughs> well, it turned on all these automatic things and it and it wouldn't let me turn the and it wouldn't let me play on my phone i couldn't do that while i wrote i mean all kinds of stuff so it was kind of synchronistic that that happened i've been driving the car since then several times this has never happened but it happened right before this meeting so it made me do something different that I did not plan to do. So I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty much. a. You probably took better energy to that baby too. Probably. Rather than taking the frustration and anxiety about whatever was going on or what you thought might go on at the group conscious meeting. So it, it, I think it probably helped you center yourself for that baby too. Oh, it helped uh, everything, Amy. Another one of those moments where, in spite of myself, <laughs> you got out of your own way. I did. <laughs> First, it was against my will. And then I said, oh, OK, well, maybe I, this is what I need to be doing. Wait, this is what I need to be doing. So you were bending, you were pushing into the bend and then, oh, oh, then I stopped. Yeah. And I stopped. <laughs> That's good. What are you laughing at, Craig? <laughs> It's, it's just, it's far too calm for my liking. <laughs> I would have went at a rampage and then phoned them. But I guess what I've just done. <laughs> Pulled over in the church parking lot, actually, on the way. And that's where I was doing all this stuff with the car. And I started cussing. And I'm like, ah, 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 and I'm like well, wait a minute, buddy. You, you, uh, know. you know, just go. You said church parking 
That's the only place on the country road you can find to stop, Amy, unless you want to pull over on the side of the road. There's a country church every three miles, so you just find where you stop the next one. You know what you call it when you lose it in your car? You call it a full Aussie. You know the Osbournes, they had this this show about their family, and, and Aussie Osborne, he got this voice-controlled car, and it was hilarious because he got into an argument with the voice control because he couldn't understand his doped-up voice. Says you fucking piece of shit, you. So he got into an argument with that voice control. That was hilarious. So okay. every time I get upset about the GPS lady, I think about Ozzy Osbourne just losing it. <laughs> yeah, when, when mine says recalculating, what it's really saying is you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> recalculating. You must have fucking turned, you dumbass. <laughs> You, really beforehand. you missed it anyways. Yeah. Alex Ferguson had that. He had to, he had to, um, he had to get his, his Audi, but he bought one of these top of the range Audis and he had to take it back because the voice control couldn't understand his Scottish accent. <laughs> My word. True story. Yeah, you guys marked down any uh, any of those intuitive moments, synchronicities that you have. I'd like for us to talk about those when we have them. Good idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is synchronicity, but I will just tell you, I was blown away by a seven-year-old child the other day. Um, I was hanging out with him and his little sister, um, and he was he was trying to scare me with this rubber snake. And, it, and you know, it kind of worked a little bit. I mean, because a snake, I have been programmed to be afraid of snakes. Absolutely been programmed since I was a little kid. So he says to me, I said, well, don't don't scare your sister with that. The seven-year-old boy said, she doesn't know what a snake is. It won't scare her. That's brilliant. It is brilliant. I was like, I told his mom, I said, don't you ever tell that little girl what a snake is. She'll never be afraid of it. That's good. Yes. So yeah. She won that one for a little while. Yeah. Thank you, Amy. Anything else, guys? If you've got questions, uh quickly say that's twice I've heard people talk about being scared of snakes today. And I, I don't normally hear people talk about being scared of snakes twice in one day. Synchronicity. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere if you look for it. Matt, there's a big snake behind you. Maybe that's what I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, uh-oh, he's going to run into a snake later on today, and he's going to be like, don't be scared of that snake. <laughs> Thank right, you, guys. Uh, well, if that's it, y'all have a great day. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.